Good evening. This video is about Lebanon, what's happening in Lebanon and suggested ways of how to think about it. There are three key events that have dominated the coverage of international media of Lebanon roughly in the past seven, eight months. The first was the revolution that erupted in the country in mid-October 2019 and basically took control of almost all the urban centers of Lebanon until the lockdown of the coronavirus in uh, March. The other event is a very painful economic and financial crisis that gripped the country and continues to grip the country now at the end of June 2020 and in which the Lebanese lira, the currency, lost the vast majority of its value. And the third event is the discussion going on between the Lebanese government and the International Monetary Fund about the potentiality of the fund uh, providing financial support to Lebanon. There are many ways of thinking actually about the intersection between all of these issues and you find many observers who basically mix the politics and the economics and I think that is correct. But in order not to mix things too much, I suggest different ways of reading the situation in Lebanon. One reading says you have to look at the domestic politics of Lebanon from a macro point of view. And basically says, on one hand, you have forces of change, people, political activists and groups that support them that basically are very fed up, completely fed up with the political structure that has dominated Lebanon for the past few decades. And on the other side, you have the pillars, the powers of that political structure that basically want to stop the change. Why? Because not only they have the power in Lebanon, but also over the past few decades, those pillars of the political structure have built very lucrative centers in the Lebanese economy. So, very simply, you have powers of change, people are fed up with the entire system, and the powers of that system, uh, who are extracting so much money, so many benefits from that system, who wants things, or who want things to remain as is. Now, you'll find people saying, ah, yes, but it depends how long you define the system's control. So you find some people saying we are referring to the people who were in power since 2005. Why 2005? Because that's the year of the assassination of former Prime Minister Rafiq al-Hariri and the subsequent withdrawal of the Syrian army. So the powers that have controlled Lebanon in the last 15 years. You find some people saying, no, we have to think of the past 30 years. So from the end of the Lebanese civil war in 1990 uh, and all the, the power structure that has 
orchestrated and dominated the Lebanese politics in those 30 years. And you find people who say, no, no, you have to go even before that to the Lebanese civil war from 1975 to 1989, 1990. Irrespective of where do you start, irrespective, basically one reading says you have forces of change political activists, people who are fed up with everything in the entire political class versus the pillars, the powers of that political class who want to preserve their power and their financial centers. But you have another reading that says, yes, all of that is, is right, but the real issue is that you have, on one hand, forces of change that want to overhaul the system, and, on the other side, large sections of the Lebanese society that are afraid of change, at least very wary of change. Why? Because, in that reading, these sections of the Lebanese society, they feel, they sense that if the powers to be, if the structure that has dominated Lebanon, whether in the past 15 years or 30 years or longer, if that structure falls, the country will fall. In their feeling, at least in their thinking perhaps, there are so many problems lying beneath the surface that if the political structure falls, the country will fall into vacuum or chaos. And there are episodes in Lebanese history whereby chaos or vacuum, and certainly chaos, brought uh, about violence. So in this reading, the real confrontation, subtle confrontation, is between forces that want change and sections of the society that fear change. There is another reading that says, no, sectarianism by itself is not the issue. The fact that the Lebanese political structure is dominated by sector, sectarianism, so basically the different sects in the society, each is led by a number of individuals and families that have inherited power and perpetuated that inheritance for generations, and each of them have their own economic power centers, and they extract so many benefits from the economy, all of that is nothing new. In this reading, the real issue is that the current version, the current shape, of the sectarian political economy in Lebanon has lost the plot, has acted almost stupidly. Why? Because it forgot that there are certain parts of Lebanon that are sacred. The banking sector, the financial system in general, but especially the banking sector. The creative power in the Lebanese society that have for centuries, certainly decades, but some would say centuries, have enabled the wonderful 
creativity of the Lebanese in entertainment, in hospitality, in, uh, inter- in cultural uh, offerings, and at the heart, again, the financial system and the banking sector. So in this reading, sectarianism is not the issue. The ex- extractive political class is not the issue. All of that has always been there for decades, if not centuries. In this reading, the issue is that the current class of Lebanese politicians have lost the plot, have did not manage to stop themselves, to control themselves, and therefore they have went into the sacred places of the Lebanese society and state, such as the banking sector and the creative power in the society. Therefore, they have brought doom, not just to the state, but to themselves even. So you can think of this reading as management of the sectarian political economy structure of Lebanon gone completely wrong over the past few years or few decades. But you have another reading that says all of that is empty talk, all of that is just blah blah of uh, politics. The real issue is very simple and it is financial. In this reading, the real issue is that the deposits, or at least substantial percentages of the deposits of ordinary Lebanese and many in the Lebanese diaspora, one of the largest and certainly one of the most successful diasporas in the world, the money has been put in Lebanese banks and has been channeled by the Lebanese banks and or by the Lebanese central bank to finance the government or governments over the past many decades, at least two, three decades, and that the management of the money was been very bad. And therefore, in this reading, the real issue is not politics, it's not sectarianism, it's all of that is, is has always been there. The issue is purely the financial engineering that has sustained the system over the past. 25, 30 years has been unsustainable. And therefore, it's a very narrow view that looks only at the finances. You actually have a view that says, or a reading that says, no. Here, in this reading, the view says, forget about the domestic politics and the uh, sectarianism and the management of the sectarian system and the financial engineering, all of that are important details. But in this reading, you have to look at the geopolitics and primarily at the rise of one Lebanese group, which is Hezbollah. Hezbollah, of course, is the uh, very famous, very powerful Lebanese political party and armed militia that over the past 15 or 20 years has come to play a very prominent role in Lebanese politics. Hezbollah also, of course, is very, very close to the regime of the Islamic Republic in Iran. And the reading here says that the rise 
and the very prominent role that Hezbollah has come to play in Lebanese politics has compelled Lebanon to think about its regional geopolitical position in a new way. Meaning, in this reading, Lebanon traditionally was very close to the West, primarily. Was also for at least 20, 30 years uh, very close to certain Arab powers, especially in the Gulf. But that the rise of Hezbollah and its immense closeness to the Islamic Republic in Iran has pulled Lebanon from its natural, at least its classical, closeness to the West, especially the US and France, and to certain powers in the Arab world, especially Saudi Arabia and others in the Gulf, and placed Lebanon very close to Iran uh, and to the entire axis of resistance, as it is called. Now here, irrespective whether you are pro-Hezbollah or against Hezbollah, whether you like that change in the positioning of Lebanon, this is not the issue. The issue is that in this reading, this major change in the position of Lebanon geopolitically in the Middle East has created immense tension between different currents in Lebanese politics. One of them looks with nostalgia to the traditional classic position of Lebanon towards the West, towards certain players in the Arab world, versus the new structure, and at its heart, Hezbollah, that actually placed Lebanon in a very different place. Also, in this reading, the political dynamics going on in Lebanon over the past few months are themselves not just a manifestation of that clash, or that clash between the different currents, these two different currents, but also partly there is the reflection of the geopolitics of the region on domestic Lebanese politics and economy. So to summarize, you have different ways of reading the fraught and complicated situation in Lebanon. I prefer to say the very complicated political economy of Lebanon. I think all of them are quite valid and, in my opinion, the most sophisticated reading is the one that takes into account all of these different angles, different readings. But the key point is why Lebanon is of particular importance to any observer of the Middle East and why all of these different angles actually can, can help illuminate the thinking of anyone looking at the Middle East for two reasons. One, Lebanon is arguably the most important theater of geopolitical confrontations in the entire Middle East, in the Eastern Mediterranean, in the Levant. So if you are interested and in following the geopolitical confrontations in the wider Middle East, and specifically in that part of the world, you must get to try to understand Lebanon seriously. And the second reason is, if you have an interest in the Middle East and the Arab world in general, 
Lebanon is by far the most diverse, rich society in that part of the world, in terms of its diversity, I mean, rich in its diversity. But here you have two views of diversity. On one side, it is a blessing, creates creativity, it creates a certain way or certain ways of life that come together in, in richness, in beauty, in refinement, in sophistication, and engenders that creativity that has always characterized Lebanon and made the Lebanese among the most successful entrepreneurs in the world, created the very traditionally reliable and successful banking system in Lebanon, very wonderful hospitality, entertainment industries in Lebanon. So on one side, you have the beauty and the richness and the positive dividends of diversity in society versus the costs, the curse, the problems that diversity also engenders and from which Lebanon has suffered a lot. These two points together, the strategic importance of Lebanon as a political theater in the wider Middle East and particularly in the Eastern Mediterranean or the Levant, and the balance between the blessings and the curses of diversity, I think, make Lebanon particularly important for any observer of the Arab world or of the Middle East.